Yes, yes, yes. Joy to the world. Ah, God gives us joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. We can talk about joy for a long time, but why don't you have a seat? All right. Uh, if you uh, take a peek at the background, uh, you will see that Jesus is truly the wreathen for the season. Come on. Yep. All right. This is... Uh, week one in our uh, Advent series, Come On Christmas. And, and that uh, title is kind of like Whataburger. You can say it a lot of different ways. You can be like, come on Christmas, or come on Christmas. Uh, so I'll let you think about that. Uh, but we're going to be uh, getting into this, boom, jumping right in this morning. Uh, you know what Christmas is. We've got that down. But what about Advent? Uh, so let's just uh, talk about Advent for just a moment. The word Advent means arrival or coming. And so the time period of Advent season uh, runs across the four Sundays leading up to Christmas. And there are two sides to Advent. On the one side, we're reflecting on the first arrival of Jesus, Christmas. And then on the other side of, of Advent, we're longing for, we're praying for his second arrival, the return of the king. Uh, the first two songs that we sang this morning, uh, we were singing about that. First was, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and thinking about the people of God uh, uh, from before Christ who were longing for that first Christmas. And then the second song, Even So Come, we were longing and praying for Christ to come again and make all things right. Uh, so we look back believing that Jesus did uh, come from heaven to rescue us. And then we look forward eagerly awaiting for him to leave heaven and return a second time to make all things right. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, uh, talking about followers of Jesus says, but our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there. So we are, we are waiting on Jesus to return. So that's what Advent is. Uh, let me share with you a couple of things that will help us all worship uh, God together uh, throughout this Advent season. Uh, first off are some Christmas kits. You'll see a picture of them up on the screen, and uh, we've got Christmas kits, and we want every household to take one of these home today. And so when you leave, you'll see the red boxes uh, 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 on your way out. Grab uh, one of those, and uh, one of the first things that you'll see in that Christmas kit is this reading plan. So this is a reading plan uh, that will take us from December 1 all the way through Christmas Eve uh, that we can all participate in together. And so on the one side has that and has the scripture readings, encourage you to participate in that. And then on the other side of this, we've got uh, ideas uh, of some, for some Advent activities that individuals uh, can, can do to help worship uh, God during the season, or you can do with, with, a, with a group of people, family or friends. And then what's in the rest of that kit are some, some things that will help you get started with some of these ideas. Uh, for instance, uh, one of the ideas has to do with lighting a candle. You've got some candles in the kit. So be sure and grab one of those, every household, on your way out today. 
And then also, as we move through December, uh, we're going to be having three candlelight services. So go ahead and have that on your calendar. Uh, we'll have the, the week of Christmas, we'll have a candlelight service, and they're, they're all going to be you know, similar, the same, so you don't have to come to all three. But on Sunday night, December 19th, on Wednesday the 22nd, and then on, on Christmas Eve, Friday the 24th, uh, we'll have our candlelight services at 6 p.m. Uh, you can come to just whichever one of those fits your schedule. You're welcome to come back to more. I know some, some years uh, some, some folks will come to one, and then they'll, they'll invite and bring family to, to, a, to one of the other evenings or, or bring some friends that can come on another night, and they'll come with them as well. And so those are our candlelight services. And then uh, just like last year, the Sunday after Christmas is going to be an online-only worship gathering. So the Sunday after Christmas this year is December is is Sunday December 26th. It's the day after Christmas and that will be an online only worship gathering for us. All right. Uh, during this teaching series come on Christmas, uh, we're going to be dealing with themes that a lot of people deal with during the holiday seasons. Uh, one, of the, one of those is just having busy schedules. You feel like, man, we've got a, a Christmas party to go to over here. We've got to get the kids over there. And we feel like we're just running from place to place. And so we're going to talk about busy schedules. Uh, we're going to talk about grief one of the Sundays. Uh, because during, during the holidays, oftentimes we're grieving. We're grieving uh, uh, a past uh, seasons of life. We're grieving loved ones who are no longer with us. Uh, we're going to be talking about joy and enjoying this season and what it represents. And then today, we're actually going to be focusing on gift giving. Now, speaking of gift giving, Holland Chapel, uh, you went up to the plate this past month. You had the bat, you swung, and you hit a home run way out of the park. 175 Operation Christmas Child shoeboxes that were donated. Uh, let's give a hand there. Those are some serious gifts in showing God's love in a practical way. And uh, children all over the world are going to be receiving those. And uh, some of you may have uh, done, the, done, done the thing where you can track your shoebox and see where it goes. And you're praying for the, the kid and the family that's going to be receiving that. But that's showing God's love in a practical way. And so way to go on gift giving there. Now, what does gift giving have to do with Christmas? And we're going to get into the Word of God now and see. Uh, but first off, there's the ultimate gift at Christmas. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The most magnificent gift, the ultimate gift that we, we never get tired of, that never wears out. And then second, there's the scripture reading that we looked at earlier in the worship gathering. And that's going to be our main Bible focus for this morning's sermon. It's in Matthew chapter 2, so you can turn there. Uh, there are Bibles under the seats. The scripture will also be on the screen, and you probably got it on your uh, phone uh, that's in your uh, pocket. Matthew chapter 2. And we're going to begin reading in verse 9. I'm going to set the context a little bit, remind us of what's going on here. But in this passage, what has happened is there is a group of people who have traveled a long ways. 
they've crossed uh, boundaries, and and it's taken them a. Uh, they've traveled many miles, uh, and it's taken a whole lot of days, and they've traveled because they are coming to see. They are believing. They have gotten word from God that there is a new king. And they're coming to meet him, Jesus, the first Christmas. On their way, they come to Jerusalem and and they start asking, where is the new king? Herod hears about this. He's not liking this talk about a new king. And he meets with them. And this is where we're picking up in verse 9, just after this group of people has met with Herod trying to find out where this new king is. Verse 9, after this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Let's pray. Father in heaven, you are good. And right now, we thank you for your word, which we believe is living and active, which we believe is useful, is applicable for our lives today, for knowing you and for following you. Open our eyes to see wonderful things is our prayer. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now, this passage of scripture is associated, and rightly so, with Christmas. But this meeting of the wise men with Jesus didn't occur at the nativity. Jesus wasn't lying in a manger at, at this point. Uh, in, in fact, Jesus, uh, this may have been sometime after uh, the birth, and Jesus may have been closer to a year old at this time. The song, the old uh, Christmas song that's, that's connected to this is We Three Kings. And some of you are going to start humming it in your mind uh, the rest of this uh, service. Uh, We three kings. However, the Bible translates uh, this group as wise men or magi. Most likely, these are some sort of religious leaders, uh, religious advisors uh, from another area. And there weren't necessarily only three of them. That idea of three comes from the three different types of gifts that are given. Uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They had probably traveled uh, a great distance. Some Bible scholars are estimating like 900 miles, and that's a long ways. And so with a trip like that, there was probably a large caravan uh, that was in this company uh, there for protection and provision along the way. So it may have been a larger group. Now, Herod, uh, king of Israel at this time, was not pleased to hear about a new king even if he was just a baby. Uh, Herod had aligned himself, had worked some politics in order to take that position. Uh, he had worked, uh, worked, worked a deal with Rome, who was the, the power at the time. 
And these final years of Herod's reign were characterized by his just desperately clinging to the throne. He was trying to eliminate any threats to his power. Uh, he, in fact, had a number of wives and, and children, and he had, uh, they were plotting and scheming in order to you know, replace him. He had a number of his family members imprisoned. He even had uh, one of his wives and two of his sons executed. It's... Uh, Supposedly, uh, the Roman emperor, Caesar Augustus, had said, uh, you know, thinking about that and what Herod was doing, he had said, I'd rather be Herod's pig than his son at this time, right? Herod was just clinging to power. And so he's asking, where is this newborn king? Uh, hey, wise men, come let me know because I want to worship him too. He did not want to worship Jesus, in fact, after this happened, uh, he would go on to have all of the uh, young boys, two years old and younger in that area, killed because he didn't want any threat, anyone to replace him. Now, the wise men came. Verse 10 says, when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house. They bowed down. They bowed down to a small boy, and then they gave him gifts. So what we see here is that they worshiped Jesus with joy, humility, and gifts. Gifts is our focus today, and so we're going to highlight that part of how they worshiped Jesus. But they worshiped him with joy. They were ecstatic to finally see and meet they had been traveling for days, and they, they saw the new king. They were humble. They knew that he was greater than them, and they bowed down before him, and then they gave him these gifts. And let's talk about that for a moment. What are these gifts? Gold. All right. Uh, I was going to say I've got a, a golden band on my hand, but I actually don't. I've got one of those uh, plastic ones, uh, right? A few years ago, we switched over to that. The gold one's in a chest at my house. Uh, but it's actually like a fidget toy now. I'm all the time spinning it. Was, I don't know if anybody else can relate to that little plastic ring I can flip around. Uh, it doesn't get hung on stuff and hurt me. The idea is if it gets hung on something, it'll break and I'll be okay. I won't lose my finger. Anyways, I don't have a golden band. But gold is a precious metal. It's used for exchange. It's valuable. It's used to make other things with, like, rings, right? So that, that's gold. Frankincense. What is frankincense? It's a fun word to say is what it is. Frankincense uh, is uh, sort of incense, uh, so it smelled really good and uh, was, uh, was said to be used in, like, the, the worship of God in the temple, so, like, in temple worship. And then myrrh, uh, what is that? Well, it's also something that smelled good, like a perfume. And uh, the Jews, the Israelites at this time would use it uh, like at burials to cover a body, to help cover the stink from a decaying body. And that's gross to think about. So we're going to move on. So gold, frankincense, and myrrh are these gifts. 
Uh, now, these three gifts have been interpreted uh, to have special significance for the life and ministry of Jesus. And so some would say the gold represents his kingship, frankincense his deity because it was used in temple worship, and then myrrh his sacrificial death and burial because myrrh is, is, is used in, in that time. Regardless uh, of, uh, of that, what these most certainly are, are valuable gifts that were given in worship. And practically, uh, these valuable gifts probably helped support the family when they fled to Egypt as refugees. Because remember, Herod was coming after all threats to his throne, and he was, he was, he was going to have the children killed. And so God had warned Joseph and Mary, and they fled as refugees to Egypt for a time to escape Herod. And so these gifts uh, would have been able to help provide and support them during that journey. So what does this account have to do with our experience of Christmas and gift-giving today? Well, first off, like the wise men, we need to receive God's gift and worship the king just as they did. For God so loved the world that he gave that he gave. And these wise men traveled. <laughs> when they saw the new king, they were filled with joy. They bowed down in worship. So just as they received that gift, we should receive God's gift and worship the king. That's a decision that we would highly encourage you to make during this Advent season during this uh, time of Christmas, make the decision to worship Jesus. Make the decision to receive the gift that God wants to give you through his son. And what is that gift? Well, the book of Romans in chapter 6 tells us that that gift is eternal life. That's the gift. That's what we receive when we put our trust and worship Jesus. We receive eternal life. We receive forgiveness of our sins. We receive life that lasts forever. We receive peace. We receive real joy that's not just temporary, that's not just based on our circumstances, but we receive real joy. We receive purpose uh, that, that lasts. So this Advent season, we would encourage you to, to put your focus on Jesus Believe that he is the king who came and that he's coming again. I encourage you to make that decision. And then second, we see that they gave gifts. And so what does this have to do? Well, we can give gifts as well. Uh, Randy Alcorn is one of my favorite um, uh, authors. And I'm going to kind of kind of uh, paraphrase something he wrote in the book uh, The Treasure Principle years ago and this is a book about uh, about generosity and, and generous giving actually our family right now is one of the books that we're reading together and in The Treasure Principle uh, Randy uh, writes as thunder follows lightning giving follows grace all right so just imagine dragons as thunder follows Lightning, right? So the lightning happens first and then thunder, all right? There's the lightning and then the thunder, the thunder. All right, 
As thunder follows lightning, giving follows grace. After you've received God's gift, and I just want to, uh, Randy Alcorn didn't write anything about Imagine Dragons, so I just want to correct that. After you've received God's gift, you can't help but respond with generous giving. So after we've received the greatest gift ever, then we can't help but give. And during the Christmas time, we can't help but give gifts generously. Gift giving can be a beautiful thing. It really can be. However, if we're not careful, the motivation, the heart behind gift giving can turn from a Christ-centered focus towards culturally driven. So when that happens, the practice of gift giving and receiving turns from the positive, which is an expression of God's goodness, towards the negative, which is stressing and fretting and worrying about what gifts we're going to give, what gifts we're going to get from people, and it leads to a lot of stress. Uh, and, and then we, we start just spinning, 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 trying to keep up with others and, and the, 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 the commercial side of it. And, and we can rack up that credit card bill and we can end up in debt at the end of this month. And, and, and it can lead to just a, a, just a general nasty bah humbug attitude. So when Christ is the heart of gift giving and receiving, then it's an expression of God's goodness. When our culture is the heart of our gift giving and receiving, then it can lead to stress and debt and just a bad attitude and fighting within families. And we don't want that. James 1.17, scripture's on the screen, says, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father. So every good gift comes to us, is given to us by God. The positive side of gift giving then is that we're a reflection of our heavenly father when we give gifts generously and joy, joyfully. So let's get practical. Uh, what are some steps that we can take today uh, during this season uh, so that gift giving uh, is enjoyable and a reflection of God's goodness so that Christ stays at the heart of gift giving? What are some steps that we can take? We can make a list. We can set a budget, and we can give with glad hearts. So let's just kind of run through these a little bit, expound on them. Uh, number one, make a list of, of, of who all you are getting gifts for. And I get it, all right, we're already past Black Friday. Cyber Monday, I think, is coming up, and uh, Christmas sale started two months ago. We get all that kind of stuff, but it's not too late. It's not too late. So uh, make a list of, of who all you're getting gifts for. And that list may have three names on it. It may have 300 everybody's list is going to be different, all right? So this is, this is for you. This is for, for your family. You know, make a, make a list of, of who all you're getting gifts for. And then second, set a budget. Uh, Dave Ramsey, uh, Financial Peace University. It's a class that we offer every now and then here. I believe it uh, might be one of our growth groups in the spring session that's going to be starting up in a couple of months again. But on, on his website there, uh, they've got a great tool for creating a Christmas budget. I encourage you to check it out. Uh, but with this setting a budget, what you want to do is you want to say, okay, how much money have we set aside for this Christmas season? How much money do we have set aside? 
And then when you're thinking expenses, you're thinking about that list that you've made, but you're also thinking about other expenses that are going to happen during this month. Travel expenses, if you're having to, to, to you know, thinking about gas or flights, you're thinking about lodging, uh, you're thinking about big holiday meals uh, that you may be preparing or parties you may be going to. So you're thinking about those expenses as well. So, so write all of that down and then allocate the money uh, that, that you plan to spend for each one, right? And so you've got the, the amount of money total that you have set aside for this, and then you're able to place it uh, on the gifts, on the travel expenses, and things like that. And what that'll do is that can help keep you out of debt, which is a really good thing. All right, now for gifts, uh, cost is not the main thing. Uh, you might give a gift that doesn't cost you, you know, a dime uh, monetarily, or it may cost you a whole lot of dimes, all right? Uh, but cost isn't the main thing. The main thing in, in, in giving gifts is the thought, uh, the heart, the love behind uh, that gift. Uh, but there are some ways that you can save money, all right? So here's some ways that you can save money in gift giving, some practical stuff, real practical. Here we go. Uh, number one is uh, gift cards, uh, like, like, actually, write uh, a personalized, handwritten card instead of instead of purchasing something. Now, what what? That's a great way to to show that you're thinking about someone and appreciating them. Is is a card and a handwritten note in there? Uh, an, another uh, thing is you could give homemade uh, gifts. You're like, Todd, what is that? It's a doorstop, of course. Uh, so uh, Thanksgiving, uh, I was down at my parents' place, and uh, I grabbed this out of the hallway at my parents' place, so their door has just been swinging back and forth the last couple of days, probably. Sorry. Uh, but, 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 but this doorstop, and so, uh, you know, a few years back, uh, I, I, back in my woodworking days, uh, I made this for my mom. And you might not be able to see here, but there's a little etched out heart on this side and a U on this side. Love you, right? And so uh, you say, man, that was a cute little gift from eight-year-old Todd. <laughs> Actually, it was a cute little gift from college student Todd. <laughs> but, but, but 20 years later, they're still holding doors, stopping doors with it. Uh, you can give homemade gifts, and, and you might be a little more, uh, you know, creative than that. It, it might be making something. Uh, it might be baking something. Uh, another way is that you could give gifts of service. Uh, my daughter and I, we were riding in the car uh, a couple of weeks ago, and she said, Hey, Dad, uh, what, what, do you, what do you want for Christmas? And don't say just hugs and kisses. And I was like, well, really? I just want hugs and kisses. And she said, no, 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 tell me, tell me something for real. And so I thought about it for a moment, and I said, I would really love, like, a coupon for, like, some, so for you to, like, make dinner some nights or something like that. And, like, how about, how about some coupons for breakfast for dinner? And she's like, all right. And so I'm getting really excited. So uh, I, hope, I hope, Paisley, I hope, I, hope that, I hope you come through with that gift. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I didn't just throw that out there. Like, uh, like, that's really what I would love to get from you. So, uh, so that's an idea. Uh, last year... I didn't realize it at the time, but this idea of giving gifts of service, um, I really took it up a notch last year. I didn't even mean to. So, so what happened was I wanted to give someone uh, this gift uh, that involved like woodworking and, and, and them like doing some woodworking. Uh, but if you look at my skills, uh, you can see that, uh, well, 
not really my skill set there, woodworking. And so what I did, didn't even realize it, but I look back now and I'm like, that was brilliant, Todd. And uh, so I, I wrote out this, I wrote out this card uh, that, boom, about, about providing a service. Uh, but instead of saying, I will help you with this, I put someone else's name on there. And I said, I said go see this other person who has a great skill set and is great with woodworking. And so it worked out great. I gave the gift. Someone else received it. Someone else actually got the blessing of getting to give uh, their time and their skill as well. And so there were, you know, three of us involved instead of just the two. Uh, so that's just another idea of ways you can save money. Give gifts of someone else's service. All right. Now, when you have a plan, when you have a plan, it can remove the stress and prevent the debt so that you can genuinely give with number three on that list there so that you can genuinely give with glad hearts second corinthians chapter nine the scripture is going to be on the screen uh, but this is a letter that missionary paul wrote to the church in the city of corinth and it's applicable uh, just as applicable and useful for us today so he, he wrote this letter, and in this part of the letter, in chapter 9, he's writing about this gift that they were going to give to some followers of Jesus in another area that were dealing with a lot of poverty. And so he's writing ahead of time, and he's reminding them, like, hey, guys, make sure that you're, you're planning this out, that you're, you know, you're, you're getting prepared for it right now. Kind of like our list, our practical list of make a list, set a budget. He's, he's saying, hey, make sure you're thinking this through now, you're preparing for this gift, so that when the time comes, you don't give, you know, begrudgingly, you don't give out of, out of bitterness, uh, you don't give with a bah humbug attitude. So exactly what we just lined out on those practical tips is what Paul is writing to the church about. He says, plan this out, think about it, prepare for it, so that, and then we get to verse 7, you must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And we remember that when we give like that, it's an, it's an expression, it's a reflection of God's goodness. Paul wanted the Corinthians giving gifts with glad hearts, a reflection of God's goodness. And today, during this Advent season, we want to do our gift giving and receiving with glad hearts. And so let's enter this Advent season being grateful for the gift of God's grace. For God so loved the world that he gave. And may our gift giving be done with glad hearts. There's going to be a prayer on the screen and this is how we want to tie a bow on the sermon today. As we want to pray this prayer out loud together in just a moment. Uh, if you've got a phone, you could, you know, uh, snap a picture of that and encourage you to, to let this be your prayer throughout the week. Uh, but we're, we're for, for sure going to pray it together right now in this moment. Uh, and, and with this prayer, uh, we're thinking about two things. One, we're thinking about Advent which again, Advent has two sides of it. We're, we're celebrating, you know, Christ's first arrival, Christmas, but we're also longing for his second arrival. 
And then also the, 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 the second part of this prayer has to do with gift giving, with glad hearts, a reflection of God's goodness. And so uh, on the count of three, let's pray this out loud together. I tie a bow on this sermon, and this is our prayer. Uh, one, two, three. Oh, Lord, our God, we desire to stay focused on you this Advent season. Thank you for the gift of your son. Help us to reflect your generosity with glad and sincere hearts as we await his return. Amen.